Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you this afternoon in the office. Boy, have I got something stirring on me today. I, um, You know, Ron and I, we have some days off. I don't always work. And actually, right now, we're kind of bunged up a little bit. Neither one of us are functioning extremely well physically right now. i got a lot of issues and problems we're working through. and But I, I, I don't, you know, with the job that I have, I, I kind of come and go quite a bit. So we're able to play in the garden. We're able to do our canning. We're able to go pick our sand plums, whatever else we decide to do. Today, we had a plan. We have been wanting to go see the movie Sound of Freedom. Now, I'm not going to talk about that. I, I want to because we just went and watched it, and holy cow. Yes, you need to go watch this movie. More, more than watch it, you need to go feel this movie. It is powerful. I, I will give you that much. And I may talk more about it later. But while we were getting around this morning and, and doing our morning coffee, you know, that kind of stuff, and, and, and I actually smashed some more sand plums into some juice, and you know, I was doing my thing. Well, I turned the TV on. Eh, there's not really much on TV, right? So we usually wind up up on TBN or Inspire or something like that watching uh, somebody preach. And we watch several different ones. Well, I got, I was waiting on Ron and I got to watching this particular guy. Now, I'm not going to mention his name. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to throw rocks. I'm not, uh, well, I'm going to throw some rocks, but I'm not going to throw them necessarily at him. Um, <laughs> you know, I share often how we are never to take a man's word for anything. Always, always, always find it in the word. Find something that backs up what you're being taught scripturally. Um, I, <laughs> Rhonda got to laughing at me today because I got kind of twisted up. I'm yelling at the TV a couple of times because I really wanted to call this guy on the phone and, and tell him he needed to reread his scripture. Uh, this was a TV preacher. He's a prominent TV preacher. He's He's got a large congregation. He's on there weekly. Um, I, and again, I don't even know where his church is at. It, I, it's probably a good thing because I might just drive down there and have, have a little chat with him. Because what he did was he misquoted much. He, he talked about a lot. And, and it's it happens, and maybe it hit me so hard because it's a subject that we've been talking a lot about on here on these podcasts, our Wednesday night studies. We've been digging deep into the Holy Spirit, who He is, how He works in our lives, the, the, the things that the Holy Spirit can do for us, e even so much as looking at this infilling of the Holy Spirit, this being baptized in the Holy Ghost, and the speaking in tongues. The I mean, it's all scriptural. It's all in there. It, it's there. And, and <laughs> while he was talking to his congregation, preaching his message, he omitted so many parts of Scripture. And I thought, are you just afraid to, to talk about speaking in tongues? It's scriptural. It's in there. And he contradicted himself so many, so many times. You know, like one time he's talking about how those gifts were for the apostles. It's how you knew they were apostles. As they traveled around in biblical day and they, they would go from city to city and they would establish churches and establish ministry. And the way you knew they were telling you the truth was because they carried the gifts of the Spirit. They, there were healings and signs and wonders and speaking in tongues. And so so the, the, the people that they were talking to recognized them as true apostles. So it's like he tried setting them apart as the... All of those things are only for the apostles. But then he turned right around and used a scripture reference that basically said that the same spirit that was on the apostles is in us as believers in Jesus Christ. 
as followers of Jesus Christ. Once we're saved, we have the same power, the same, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us as, as followers of Christ. So he, he literally was just washing things over and over, and I was getting flustered. I was really getting flustered. And then he said something that really twisted me up, and that's, that's kind of what I want to talk about. He was in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is a great chapter. It talks about the day of Pentecost, the day when the Holy Spirit came. You know, Jesus told his disciples, go and wait for me, for the Comforter's coming, and you, whom I'm sending to you, is greater, you need him more than I, and he's greater than I. So Jesus himself was telling them, the Holy Spirit's coming. You need to go and wait. You need to go and wait for the Comforter to come. And then in Acts chapter 2, it describes it. I love that passage of Scripture because it describes, here there's 120 uh, followers of Christ. It didn't give any depictions. It didn't say whether they were men or women or whomever. I'm, I'm not going into that either because that's going to rile me up even worse. That's a whole other message. But as as the 120 are gathered in the upper room, what do you think they're doing? Oh, they're scared. I mean, Jesus has just been crucified. He, yes, he's risen from the dead. There's still a lot of question. There's still a lot of turmoil. And, and there's still a lot of the, the soldiers are looking for the disciples because, you know, if, if they can arrest them for stealing Jesus' body, it would explain things, you know. So there's a lot of turmoil going on here. So they're, they're locked in this upper room. And I have a feeling that they're spending some time seeking the Lord. They're praying. They, they've been taught how to pray. Jesus taught them how to pray. He, he prayed in a humbleness to the Father constantly. He was always spending time with his Father. He would constantly talk about being about his Father's business. So here they are in this upper room. And the Bible doesn't give any great depiction of what they were doing. But I, I, they weren't watching TV, I can tell you that much. They probably weren't listening to the radio. I can, I can tell you that much. So I have a feeling there's there might have been some conversation going on about Jesus, but I believe they were probably praying. They're probably seeking the Lord because that's what he told them to do. Wait for the comforters coming. And the, and then in, in, in Acts chapter 2, you can go and check this out. I didn't pull scripture on this. You can go look it up yourself. Acts chapter 2, it talks about how the room where they were at was filled with a rushing mighty wind. And tongues of fire sat down upon each one of them. And I believe it's somewhere around verse 4, they all began to speak in other tongues. They began to speak as the Holy Ghost poured out on them, poured into them. The fire of God sat down upon them, and they began speaking in foreign tongues. And it jumps to verse 5, where it says, The crowd outside began to gather hearing these guys speaking in their own languages. And again, I'm kind of uh, sub-quoting sub some of this. I'm not looking at Scripture to tell you what I'm saying. But I'm just saying it's, it's right there in verse 4 and 5, Acts chapter 2. You can see it for yourself. This particular preacher did something that I could not believe he did. Now, this is a well-known guy. This, this, guy is, this is a TV preacher. This is a guy who's got a big congregation. This is a guy who's got a big following. And what he said was, he said, I want you to look at the gap, the, the white space between verse 4 and verse 5. And what he said was, I believe something happened here that's not recorded. Uh-oh. That had my attention. And what he said, and, and listen, I'll, I'm, I'm one about using the MOV. You know I will. I'll, I'll use the my own version 
but I usually warn you about that. And, and it's obviously when I'm using the MOV, it's my opinion of what's being stated. It doesn't mean it's necessarily scripture. It's my opinion. It's how I'm believing is, is what's being said. But he simply stated that he believes there's something missing there. And it takes that scripture and puts it in a whole nother realm because he said he believed that the, the, the people, the 120 that were gathered in the upper room, when they began speaking in tongues, that between verse 4 and verse 5, when the crowd gathered, that they moved from the upper room to the tabernacle because that's where the foreigners would have been. They were coming there because of the Pentecostal holiday, uh, recognizing the, the day of Pentecost, so they would have all been at the tabernacle. That's not scriptural. And why I say that is, is because it literally says, again, if you jump to verse 6, it talks about they gathered together. They come from all over the place to hear what was going on in that upper room. That was a dangerous thing for that man to say. Dangerous thing. And here's why. This is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this all up to this. This will be maybe a short message. I'll shut up here in a minute, I think. I, what I titled this today is The Final Invitation. If you go to Revelation, that's that's the book, that's the end book, right? Starts with Genesis, it ends in Revelation. It ends in Revelation chapter 22, and it ends with verse 21, okay? But what we're going to do is we're going to go to Revelation chapter 22, verses 16 through 21, because I want to set this up a little bit. Now, right in the beginning of verse 16, you see the letters in red if you're looking at one of those types of Bibles, and it says, I, Jesus, it's verse 16 to chapter 22 of Revelation, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you and to give you assurance of these things for the churches. Now, who's the churches? We, the body of Christ, for the churches. And he goes on to say, I am the root, the source, the life, and the offspring of David, the radiant and bright morning star. Verse 17 says, The Holy Spirit and the bride, the church, the believers, say, Come. And let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes to take and drink the water of life without cost. Now, verse 18, it gets a little dicey. It says, I testify and warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, its predictions, its consolations, and its admonitions, that if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues, the afflictions, the calamities which are written in this book. That's that's pretty that's a pretty bold statement right there. But it says if you add anything to the words of this book, in other words, if you add scripture, if you add into the white spaces between the scriptures that are recorded, God will add to you the plagues, the afflictions, and the calamities which are written in this book. Book of Revelation has a lot of plagues and afflictions and calamities written in it. Verse 19 goes on, and if anyone takes away from or distorts the words of this book, of this prophecy, God will take away from that one his share from the tree of life and from the holy city, the new Jerusalem, which is written in, in this book. Again, this is, some, this is some powerful word. If you take away from the word of God, if you distort the words, if you twist them around to make it come out the way you want it to come out, God will take away from you his, his share, your share from the tree of life and from the holy city of Jerusalem, which, which is written in this book. It simply means that the, God's pencil's got an eraser. I've, pre I've preached that message before, too. You can go all the way back to Revelation chapter 2 and 3, where it talks in the, the letters of the seven churches, church of Ephesus. 
that you know where it basically says that I'll not blot your name out of the book of life. God's God's pencil's got an eraser, and that's what it's saying right here. You take away from or you add to anything, you're going to get the plagues, or you're going to be removed from your share of the tree of life in the holy city, the New Jerusalem, which is written about in this book. Verse 20 goes on to say, He who testifies and affirms these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Verse 22, 21, I'm sorry, ends this passage of, of Revelation in verse or chapter 22, the end chapter. The grace of the Lord Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, be with all the saints, all believers, those set apart for God. Amen. Listen. That little passage of scripture, Revelation 22, 16 through 21, speaks volumes to misaligning the word of God, to misquoting the word of God, to misinterpreting the word of God. I, 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 that got all over me today. It, it absolutely upset me. Uh, Rhonda probably got tired of listening to me because I was fired up. You know, this guy was, was literally misleading his congregation simply because he, he doesn't want them to believe in the gift of the Holy Spirit and the speaking in tongues that, that is what sets us free. The, the gift of God, the very gift of the Holy Spirit comes when we, when we give our lives to Christ, when we, when we ask him to come into our heart. The Holy Spirit, it's, it's through the Holy Spirit that Jesus comes to live in our heart. That's why he sent the Comforter. We need him more than we needed Jesus. We, we need the Comforter because it's, it's through the Holy Spirit that we have power to do the things that we're called to do, to, to be the Christian, the men and women of God that God has set aside, set us up to be. Without the Holy Spirit, we don't have that power. So it comes when we receive Christ into our life. It's by the Holy Spirit that we receive Jesus Christ and our sins are atoned for. But there's more. The Bible is very clear that there's more. As we continue to seek the, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the, the infilling, the, the tongues are part of that. Listen, I'm not telling you you got to go learn how to speak in tongues. That's between you and the Lord. I'm just simply saying it is a part of the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's being immersed in the Holy Spirit of God in His very presence. That immersion is going to have an effect on your physical body. I've heard story after story where someone gave a message in tongues and someone from a foreign country heard them speak in their own language. Could that person speak that foreign language? No. It was God speaking through them into the life of someone else. That's exactly what happened in Acts. The, the, the story of Jesus Christ was told to the multitudes gathered in Jerusalem that day for a festival in their own language. So there was no doubt they were hearing the word of God spoken by a bunch of Gentiles in their own language. Something that, that really couldn't have happened, but it happened. The miraculous things of God come in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't negate it. Don't cast it aside. All you've got to do is say, God, I know there's more. I want more. I haven't arrived anywhere. I, I don't want to arrive until I arrive at your gate and you tell me, welcome into my rest, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. That's I, I want to hear those words. But I want to do everything I can in the process to teach the word of God correctly. I don't need a suit and tie. I don't need a platform. I don't need a TV station. I don't need any of that. All I need is my voice speaking the truth. Like I said before, always test the spirit. Test every word you hear from anybody, including me. Back it up with scripture. 
I, I do my best to study out everything that I teach, everything that I speak. And I try to warn people, if I'm going to use the MOV, I, I want you to know it's coming out of me, not the Holy Scriptures. Because I don't want to be held to that account. All I want to know is, is when God sees me, he, he looks upon me like I did my job to the best of my ability on this earth. Don't let someone steer you in the wrong direction. Don't let them twist the word of God to fit their desire or yours. Don't twist up the scripture. Look at the context. Take it for what it's being written. Understand. Ask God for understanding. Ask God for discernment. Ask God that he open your eyes to see what he wants you to see throughout scripture. And follow him wherever he leads you. No matter what that means. Again, this is this is this is serious business here. I'm gonna to try to shut this thing th- and quit rambling here because I could just I could carry on for a while. I'm afraid this has my passion riled up. I want you to understand the power that that we have at at our, at our hand when the Holy Spirit is fully released in our lives to do however whatever He chooses. It's not up to me. You've heard my teachings. The, the Holy Spirit isn't for anyone's glory but God's. It's not to glorify me. It's not so that I look important. I don't want to give a message in tongues and an interpretation or a word of prophecy or, 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 or a healing come out of me when I lay hands on someone to, to make me be important. It's all for God's glory. We've got to understand that everything we do in service to the king is about our father's business. It's kingdom work. It's kingdom business. I'm not building a church. I'm not building a following. I am I am looking hard to build the kingdom of God, one soul at a time. Amen. Seeking out that which is lost so that it may be found. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for listening to this little rant going on today. I'll get back into some word. I've got some stuff all built up. Got scriptures going everywhere. May talk about this, this movie, but I want to encourage you. Go see The Sound of Freedom. Uh, it, it will mess you up, I guarantee you. Uh, it, it's a it's a powerful, powerful piece of work. We all need to understand what it means, and we need to feel what's being spoken through it. Amen. God bless you, Ron, and I love you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for praying for us. We're praying for you. We're praying that God opens your eyes to see who you are in his kingdom and the importance that you have in serving him here. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.